it gives me very, very great pleasure to, to welcome you all. Oh, as I have just been said, I must have to be respectful of the weather. We've been lucky so far, it's been very, very good, and I hope that you enjoy all of your time in Oris and Ultron. Sean Moncrief and I, uh, indeed, uh, he, he needn't be worried at all about mentioning that. Uh, uh, <laughs> We represented one of the glorious moments of Archie, Don't Feed the Gondolas, uh, <laughs> a long, long time ago, and uh, what opportunities were there then. But I just want to say uh, that I'm so grateful to Sean. Uh, I, I, should, I don't embarrass him by saying I read his call regularly because I regard him he's a, a fine person uh, with the pen. And he writes so uh, so beautifully, and I'm so grateful to him for helping us today. It is special day because we're celebrating the 75th uh, anniversary of Intashka, and I've been really rethinking what I had written and rethinking about how important some things are now. We may be entering a, a set of decades where there will be no proper records, and therefore what you share with each other and your memories and experiences of working for the environment and the organisations and the different relationships between the different organisations and all of the movements and confrontations and so forth, it will be important that you keep good records of them because what would the alternative is worse than as if there was nothing there. The alternative is that if you get a kind of a bland reconstruction of how we were encountering versions of heaven inevitably every year after year without the slightest difficulty or opposition. It is important to be truthful about all of these issues. And I'm so pleased that there are so many stalwarts, uh, so many stalwarts here. Uh, uh, here. I do um, want to uh, pay tribute to to so many people, we have so many distinguished guests. I congratulate the most recent recipient of the Freedom of Dublin City, of course, Duncan Cogot Quesler. Which I often think back in relation to brave people. I'm glad that they. Derek Hamilton, whom Stephen and I would have known all of those struggles, and Brendan Smith and others who are here. Brendan, who has done just such remarkable work, left such a fantastic legacy, he's leaving such a legacy. But I do remember very, very, very much uh, Professor Emer Colleran, Professor of Microbiology and so forth. 
I remember the stands that she had to take on her own, standing in front of people who had been fed a mixture of lies, deceit, and an abuse of ignorance when we came to matters of heritage and so forth. So nothing fell from the sky. And the good news is, is that Duncan was telling me about the attendance at something organised by Brenda Smith and himself, about the secondary school teachers and the secondary school students and so forth, are all taking on all of these issues, issues, and doing so with such, with, uh, such great, uh, great enthusiasm. But I often think about it as well, because I'm writing some, perhaps writing something soon about something else, uh, about uh, it's a hundred years uh, since the, where people at this moment, were hundred years ago, we were preparing the 1923 Land Act. And it is very interesting the choices that were rejected then. Uh, many people had got land towards the second half of the 19th century. Were they turning and saying, who has got nothing yet? No, they said, we want more, 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 more. It's for another day, but you might ask, for example, the 1924 Land uh, Commission, the, the 1924 Commission on the Future of Agriculture, and the brave, brave work of uh, people uh, like Tom Johnson and Mr. Duffy and others, who suggested, for example, what were you to do with the 1.34 million acres undivided left around the big houses? And the majority report was originally, well, there'd be, little, there'd be something for everyone. And this was quickly dropped, and it was that there, that Labour Party minority report that said, there should be tillage, because we should be selling out to grow food, the agriculture, all the machinery was there, the glass houses were there, and so forth. And the majority view in many, many cases was, the cattle thing is too hard to stop now. It has been unleashed, and so forth, and so on. So right from the foundations of the state, where our land was there, not Mother Nature in all its diversity, its great wonderful ability to restore itself, its ability to carry variety and whatever like that, but land as possession, land as respectability, and then, of course, what would happen later, it's for another day, and I'll talk about it another day. The cattle go, go trampling through those places like that, through the houses, then into the houses, and then you could take the roof off the houses so it's not to have to pay tax, and then you could sell the lead under the roofs of the houses, and you were well on your way, if you like, to what was, if you like, the heaven of the cattle jobber. And all of this at the same time, when you had people, for example, what were the agricultural labourers to do? Waiting there. You could have had, in fact, jobs in the tillage and tillage. You had, in fact, also all the jobs in the domestic economy. Women trained to extraordinary high skills in relation to cookery, in relation to household management and so forth and all of this. And this was the difference. That was a minority report signed by two people. Majority and the other thing was, don't hold us back. And much of the struggle of the people gathered in this room were people facing people who were saying, we mustn't be held back. And to what a pass we came with our burning planet and our degraded agriculture, our loss of skills, our lost people and so forth. 
And this huge thing, which is the heart of what we have to decide next year and every other year, and that is the distinction between who is a farmer and who is, in fact, putting land as part of their land portfolio. Unavoidable questions, and gathered in this room, are the principled people who took the long view. Excuse my going on a bit longer about this, but it was just that the way, this, the, way that the years fall. And it is such a beautiful thing. It was such a great many, <clears throat> in many, many cases, Antashka, established in June 1948 as a non-governmental organisation, active in the areas of the environment and built heritage. It is a foundational environmental and non-governmental organisation and then surrounded with many others with whom it had good relations. The driving force behind it was, of course, was the great naturalist and engineer, Dr. Robert Lloyd Prager. I always remember the excitement of that book, which had practical things about wading through a river and how it was the, what was the most appropriate clothing to wear and which would dry quickly without injuring you. This was all wonderful people embracing and respecting. And his inaugural address broadcast live on radio in 1948, included on Tashka's mission statement, which you will recognise it, how, much, how relevant it remains today to promote the permanent preservation for the benefit of the nation, of lands and buildings of natural beauty, of our natural historical or artistic beauty, and as regards land, to preserve as far as practicable its natural aspects and features and animal and plant life. And there is a relationship there expressed in those words of something uh, that is not broken between uh, our species and other species. I won't go into it for it's again another one of the things that I'm work working on in relation to, we're not very far off what might be accurately described as species failure in relation to forms of life on the planet. May I take the opportunity to welcome then all of the different and the groups that play their part in environmental conservation and in wider heritage conservation. I'm delighted we'll be joined by so many organisations and by the Heritage Council. I have to speak about the Heritage Council because there's someone to whom I really often felt I wanted to pay more and more tribute, and that was the late Michael Killanan. When I became Minister for Arts, Culture and the Gates in, in the, after the elections at the end of 1992, and he came to see me and he was very ill. And because of his work, and I pay tribute to the Morris family and all of they've done in relation to this. Is this uh, we had moved from the, one of the ugliest buildings in Dublin, town. We would best not name it, but on the barter to to Road. And I remember Michael I was often too ill to even take the lift. And I would we would sit downstairs and have the discussion. He had the thing on a on a non-statutory basis. And the worry was that if we didn't get the statutes ready quickly, that in fact it could, we could fade back and lose the relationships that he had established with previous Taoiseach and others. And sometimes we would go out to his house and we would discuss and manage. And I just wanted to say thank you to those earlier people in that period uh, of the Heritage Council. Now, on Cola, I, I think that's good. I, uh, 
I think uh, it's true to say as well that, and there will, it still remains a, a, a huge issue as to how you want skin something without a good word. Of course, the Irish, beautiful word in Irish is Irish, much better word than the word heritage, which is a colder word, frankly, but word and call Irish. And it was a good way to include everything, which is include what was tacked on, what was remembered, and what was sung, and what was experienced, both lived, and what was consumed, and everything from food to song, and so forth, and all of that. And we discussed all of that. And into this then came what is a great example for, for, for councils and people who are running councils and what is like that was the wonderful late Frida Rountree. And Frida, who died so young uh, in many cases, had an extraordinary ability. She was one of the very earliest people, and I think my, my daughter Alice Mary is something similar, in being able to work with other people and other organisations and even from people all around her in Longford and places like that, is that she was, instead of taking a text and imposing it at anyone, Rita kept, kept discussing and discussing and discussing about where we would get the thing that would make everybody of our body comfortable. I feel about the council, and I remember looking for the building, the headquarters in Kilkenny and whatever, and I, I, I see a challenge that remains in many, many cases. It worked well, it quickly established, produced good contributions and so forth. But I think there were times when it imposed a conservatism on itself. And there were important issues, both national and international, upon which its voice should have been more strongly heard. And the lesson in all of that is, and that little opportunity and slot of time given to you, when you're able to do something that was not done before or neglected, seize it with energy and, and so forth. In many, many ways, republics are not built on caution. Republics are suppressed by caution. And I think, therefore, those days were very... We achieved an, an, an enormous amount. I think the biggest contribution, without a doubt, will have been in the reform of the legislation in relation to the built heritage, which is very, very, very significant. And then, <coughs> that great revolutionary act that was involved in getting heritage officers established across local authorities, which was the one, again, about the local arts officers, which had to be established in local authorities. And I remember the quality of the debate. There were those who wanted the thing to work, and the words who would ask it, will he be reporting to the engineer or to the assistant manager or to the manager? Or should he be county secretary and so forth? And that deadliness delayed the appointment of arts officers, heritage officers, but it eventually came to be. But it's the difference between the people looking for the comparative advantage internally and those who are committed to wanting something to happen for the benefit of future generations. But I do want to say I mentioned that great Dungaree wearing uh, uh, a naturalist already. And what a great pleasure it was uh, to have known Tim Robinson. 
And I do hope in relation to the institutions where I worked for such a long time in University of Galway, that good sense breaks out. And they, they honour the commitment and understanding they had with the Robinson family. And Tom and Robin, Tim Robinson and his life partner, Mairead, but passed away in 2020. They are so missed. And it was something like this. Can you imagine somebody arriving at a bicycle and saying to a person living locally, what name did you have for this? And so forth. And that's again where I think it is just so interesting why your all authentic histories are so important. We didn't give up heritage, respect for it, or the environment, or for the names of things, or plants, or people, or history. We had another language imposed upon our language with our language suppressed. And you cannot speak honestly about Kursi Eirek without speaking about those who saw in the language that was the language of the spoken people. The beauty, the way that there were several words and terms for both objects of nature and artifice in the Irish language. And I pay, say tri tribute, pay tribute to heritage, to those and those in this room, and you know the good news is when I meet young people now and they speak Irish to me, Irish is cool. And Irish, for example, you don't have in fact to carry the 150 different prohibitions about your body and soul with you in order to speak the Irish language. That came in a late 19th century abuse in relation of spirituality. And that's why it is in relation to Tashka, Heritage Council, all the other organisations, and all the local organisations that are gathered around here. And there are things in which we're way ahead, for example. Yes, I might be severe in how slow some of it was to do, but on the passing of the legislation, for example, and the relationship with the National, with the National Museum in the part of this island for which we have, which we have responsibility, uh, you don't have treasure trove because it is written in many cases that anything that is found is the property of the people of Ireland in perpetuity. These, and you know the most interesting thing of all of this? No more than over in the broadcasting forum and everything like that, nearly everything was the main principles of it were achieved in the first six months. And all this was going on at the same time in a new department that had been established from scratch. And I want to thank all of those public servants, wonderful like the late Colin McBreen, and people like that who worked and who worked day and night in many cases. And I would think we were going to have an evening off or something, as suddenly the Cultural Institutions Bill would arrive something. And But there were people who worked on those bills that I respect very, very much as well. People who do hard work every day, which I respect. But it's very, very important <coughs> to have the energy that's there at the foundation retained. I remember Tim's deep love conversations about the burden. And once again, the closer you are to the, to the rock, that bit, the, the warm rock, the better it is. Because I signed agreements in relation to heritage with some of the biggest organisations, farming ones and others, in, uh, in formal signed documents that were broken very, very, very quickly. But then the people who never had it out for a second with the, the, what we signed with the people in the burden. They were for it, they understood it, 
and I so admired the way that they struck with it. And that was the reason when now King Charles used to be visiting, he used to be struck by the intelligent relationship they had with what they were dealing with. Now, all of you here, as people, citizens, as organisations, Antarctica Heritage Council, local heritage groups and whatever, you have helped us so much. The people coming in now have such a wider, more generous opportunity for meaning and resonance, embracing not only what is tangible and visible, but what is, what is spiritual. And I think that has brought new challenges to the Heritage Council uh, and to Tashk. And I want to wish all the existing, all the former members and all the existing members every success in their objectives. I commend all of the existing and previous chairs, CEOs, boards and staff members for rising to the challenge of broadening and mainstreaming the term heritage and so forth. And as I said, it required, as I mentioned to Barima, it required personal fortitude, patience and often abuse directed personally. Thank you for all you bore in the name of the future generations that will thank you for all of that. And the good news is that they are all coming because they see the sense and the wisdom of it. And the groups that we celebrate, as we celebrate today, with their, are in fact, actually, they played such an important part. I do want to thank those who are entertaining us as well today in other ways. The staff and volunteers in Goelidakus, a voluntary organisation that continues to do so much for the development of Irish medium education and which celebrates an important 50th anniversary. It is one of the most interesting things, you know, that when we're coming to it now, uh, 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 when I uh, talk to, to friends and so forth uh, uh, from uh, Africa, from South America, wherever like that, it is that part of Ireland that they like. The part of an Ireland that has a particular history that it has chosen not to forget. A set of obligations through the Sustainable Development Goals to which it's really committed. The respect for Mother Nature, for what is indigenous and so forth. And they are the first, we are among the first countries to which they turn uh, because of this. And all the younger people coming and all these new organisations and so on will have such great allies. And if our cultural heritage, uh, I think, one of the great legacies of all this work will be the building of increased public awareness of and engagement with our rich and diverse heritage. And it's happening. And it's wonderful to see and so forth. I think our cultural heritage it will be of benefit us not long at all I think of the Green Schools Initiative and the Heritage Council's Heritage in Schools scheme. And I, I think uh, all of this uh, in, in, in many cases is uh, it's not only it's about not only about learning it all off, but also of touching the earth and knowing the, knowing the, knowing the richness uh, of it all in every way. This is something too as well, you notice it has known, never known any boundaries, because the effects of nature, the consequences of nature, the opportunities that we are presented with are ones that know no boundaries. And I often think back, I remember talking to Peter Brook about his great aunt, the gathering of the last 
pieces of Irish language poetry and Ulster and so forth. All of these pieces of Irocht and Saliocht and Nato, they belong to all of us and belong to all of humanity. And it's so wrong that they would ever be used as a divisive principle in any, in any, any way. I think and I think all the education initiatives are going to, to, to help. At the moment, all the people are outside there with maybe around the country bushes, but the judging is on in the small in the in the in the in the tidy towns. But what's great encouraging to see is when visits and goes around as well, the mixture of generations that are involved mixture of people from different spaces and origins and cultures. I think it is so important because Tashka from the beginning has stressed the interdependence of things. And that is why the most powerful movement that is happening now on our planet at the present time is the combining of the consciousness of ecological issues, justice issues, and good economic issues that said simply about it all. We weren't brought onto the planet to be insatiable, but in fact actually to experience the fullness of life uh, with others. I think all I want to say thank you for the profoundly valuable contribution that you've all made. And then I think as well, which is great to see, the oceans which connect us all and which are so important. And on which, above which and beneath which to be managed by internationally responsible organisations, reportable and open. And I think that the Spring Clean and Clean Coast Programme are, again, further examples of great work. I do think because people in many, many cases, it, it would be a great pity if papers simply began uh, to appear and people just noted them as just another depressing statement or whatever. But we are warned. We are not any longer on a slide. We are now in decline. And the paper published by Queen's University of Belfast was frightening in that. And we don't need to be told again and again by the International Planet and Climate Change. What we have to do now is to take that consciousness that is there and turn it into pressure and actions and to make sure that the items are the top policy items when crucial decisions have to be made. And I think that today we are celebrating Antarctica the celebrating of the National Heritage Council. But I think one of the most important things about it as well is to think in a way a conservation is not, in fact, actually an invitation to a funeral parlour. Buildings have been lived in with different usages. Artisans have put stone upon stone. I remember one time about very early on in my taste as minister going down to take over a very important building on behalf of the state. And I did say to some of the people outside, you needn't spend all your time on the portraits because they're not of your ancestors, but do give a bit of time to your ancestors who did that beautiful masonry work and the iron work and all of the work that they did on the silver and everything that was used inside of the house. I congratulate all of the staff. Tris Liam live, come of weakness, mar uktrona here in Lagoctan of the Carcass, Kumakin, Amanarashi, the Lee, Snehagrishi, Asulia. 
I want to pay tribute to the board members and staff existing with the CEO, Gary Fremantle and Chair Phil Carney, as well as all the staff and volunteers of all the state. I also want to thank all those state workers who are proud to be working in the public interest uh, for the state. I do want to say again, my Jan Corrish, Sean McCreef, for his warmth and professionalism. And anyway, Sean, that's another thing as well, remember. Think of all that education we did through Hot Press. And now, the point about it is, the entertainers, the musicians, uh, uh, wonderful, that wonderful family from Cora Kathleen and Condon Clore, Ethan, Sean Lyons, the One Voice Choir, Mis Amigos and the Havana Club Trio, Westmeath Coulters, Rob Fair, Angus McAuley, Good Jewel, Lisa O'Neill, God Knows, and Sheshkin, who I might add, are playing together now for 53 years. 53 years, Sheshkin playing together. <laughs> I want to thank all of the staff and the Orson Outhorn, who do a huge amount of preparatory work to make occasions like this possible at all. I want to thank the Orish staff for looking after us and doing it to so and the first aiders and the OPW staff and the Garda Shikona and everyone, Anya, a big carcass, come on, Queen around to the corner of the move weakest. When Gokchan of Ossan Thronona, Berbarat.